Hello, my name is Sarah, and welcome to the We Should Be in the Kitchen podcast, a podcast where my friend Liz and I talk about all the things we usually talk about at our weekly Sunday lunch. These topics vary from the hilarity of day-to-day life to theology, from how adorable our dogs are to the nuances of faith and life in this interesting cultural moment, all from the perspective of two women working in ministry. We might not get to share a meal with you, but you're always invited to this table. Today, on our second episode, our friend Jonathan Hicks will be joining us as we talk about Sabbath and rest. Jonathan is a friend, he's a deep thinker, and an all-around great human. He's also a local pastor of a Church of God Seventh-day Church, where Sabbath is an integral part of their doctrine. We're excited to have him on today's show as we discuss this topic that can be really difficult in application because we live in busy times. Thanks for joining us today, and pull up a seat. We're ready. Are you sure we're ready? (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the We Should Be in the Kitchen podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Liz. And I'm Jonathan. Or Johnny. Or Johnny. Or John. Mm. Um, I've asked him repeatedly what he wants to be called. Um, and he just said that he has never answered that question directly. Yeah, yeah. Right. Is there a reason? I. It seems really interesting to see what people end up calling me. So when we mm. moved down to Lodi and I started pastoring, everybody called me Jonathan, and now everybody calls me Johnny. And so that evolution <laughs> is really interesting in terms of what part of relationship you're in. Huh. Hmm. Yeah. I just feel like I tend to go formal because I feel like you can't really go wrong with formal, but if I called Liz Elizabeth, I would think I was in trouble or right. that you were my grandma. Yeah. Right. So. <laughs> and you two are the only ones. I don't have a name you can shorten. So I've never had like a nickname. Yeah. I don't think you can shorten it. <laughs> Sarah's no. it. <laughs> yeah. You're stuck with that. But I'm married to a Matt that likes to be called Matthew that only ever gets called Matt or Maddie or Maddie Bear, depending on the day. I'm not yeah. going to call him Maddie Bear. <laughs> Please call him Maddie Bear. He I already would be so said I'm going to switch it to Matthew in my brain. Like, I'm just going to call him Matthew from now on. Do you think you can actually do it? You know him as Matt. I will try. Mm. We'll see what happens. <laughs> How often are you actually around him to be able to? <laughs> not very often. No, no. Matt works a lot. Yeah. Um, what did your parents call you growing up? Uh, that's a good son. question. <laughs> hey, son. Hey, you. Yeah, my memory is just typically not good. So remembering things like that. I don't know. I think my mom called me John. Oh. But I don't know. But see, like, John, it's so interesting because you're Jonathan. So in my brain, John is J-O-N. Yeah. But it seems different in my brain than J-O-H-N. It doesn't seem different to me. I don't know why. Because it's a different, like, John is a name. Jonathan is a longer name, and John is a shortened version of that name. Well, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think ne- this doesn't have any pertinence to what we're going to talk about. But I actually didn't go start going by Johnny until Danielle and I started knowing each other. And that's why it's spelled with an H, J-O-H-N-N-Y. But I spelled John, J-O-N, and then hmm. I spelled Jonathan oddly as well. Interesting. How do you spell Jonathan? With an O-N at the end. Yeah, oh. that's the Yeah, right all way. my names are spelled weird and different from <laughs> And differently. Other. Oh, they don't make any sense. No. <laughs> Where'd you meet your wife, Jonathan? At a youth camp. Okay. When we were 13. Oh, my goodness. She'll wow. say when we were younger. I think it was when we were 13. Well, when you did just you start- said your memory was bad. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when did you start dating? When we were 16. Okay. Yeah. Goodness. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people in the Christian sphere have that story of meeting at church camp. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's kind of one of the jokes now. <laughs> like, well, yeah. Um, when you go to youth camp to your spouse. Talks yeah. about like missionary dating. Yep. You know, you go on a mission trip and you come back in love. Do you know Jonica? I have no idea who he is. He wrote a book called Stuff Christians Like. And one of the things was falling in love on a mission trip, <laughs> <laughs> which is so true. But falling in love at Christian camp yeah. is a thing. I grew up going to Hume Lake. I imagine Liz. I went to Hume, yeah. Yeah. Um, and at the end of camp, like the last night of camp, they did like a tri-tip dinner, <laughs> like a fancy dinner. And the big thing was like getting a date for the banquet. So like this? after a no. week, you're supposed to be able to self-select to... I mean, probably by the time I was there, it changed. Maybe. It, they were talking about it because it just became this thing where all week long, it was mostly girls pursuing the guys, <coughs> nice. like trying to find a date to this banquet just because it was like dress up day. Hmm. So I don't know. That was interesting. But huh. yeah. Do you guys know people who have hooked not hooked up, but found somebody on a mission trip. I, d- I, I know both. Of, I can't think of anybody. <laughs> I know. Well, I worked as a short-term missions coordinator for a while, and so that was always the story. Like, we would hear those stories really? when people got back and they got married. Yeah. Huh. There's something about serving together. I don't know. I think that there's obviously that short-term, like, 
we fell in love on a mission trip. It's so easy to, like, we're, we're in close proximity all the time. Blah, but in blah. reverse, I've yeah. also watched a lot of people who were dating who went on a mission trip who broke up. Exactly. I do know that. Because of the mission trip. Yeah. Right, because you're finally seeing someone. Like, their true colors when they're stressed, when they're tired, when they're right. out of their element. Right. It's interesting. Yeah. It's, that's actually kind of mine and Matt's story. So we were really good. Is that you broke up? (laughs) No. We are married Sorry. That's confusing. Got to know each other more on a mission trip. And Mm -hmm. so we were, I was friends with Matt's brother before I was friends with Matt. And I actually didn't really like Matt that much. And he didn't like me very much. And so um, with First Baptist, we went on like a college mission trip. And I asked him if he wanted to go. And he was like, sure. And so we went. And that's sort of where we really got to know each other and became really good friends. And then we went on another trip to San Diego to a graduation, and we got to know each other even better. And that's sort of our short-term missionary I didn't think you were ever stereotypical, story. but I guess you are. I, I'm a little stereotypical, I guess. Huh. I had sort of forgotten that that was a thing for us, like hmm. that we, we got to know each other. <laughs> well, because it wasn't, I mean, that was like where we became friends, and then we started dating right after we got back yeah. from this San Diego trip, so interesting that is interesting yeah i really like danielle by the way your wife is legit she's pretty legit she She um she's a science nerd i don't know if you would describe her as a nerd she's really good at science but she's not a nerd there's Um, no way you You think you could okay i I mean in a good way so i think nerd is a compliment yeah no i not in a bad way i'm Mm -hmm. kind of nerdy um i like science and danielle and i were meeting pretty consistently last year do you remember this? Yeah. We were talking about books and things. Mm-hmm. And um, one of our conversations was in Starbucks. So her, tell me, do you remember what her whole research dissertation hmm. thesis was? It was like about fish. So it was on zebrafish and it zebra was fish. whether or not you could do something to them with respect to their transparency. Sure. There was some crazy wow. nerd thing. But that sounds really smart. <laughs> I don't know that I would have thought to even think that was a thing it was definitely above my head in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. but somehow we started talking about guppies because guppies are live bearers so they have live babies they don't lay eggs and so danielle and i were in starbucks talking about guppy babies and then we watched a youtube video of guppies (laughs) being born so if that's not the pinnacle of nerd things then i suppose that i don't really know yeah what is so anyway maybe i just don't let her nerd out enough maybe not maybe i don't know pretty nerdy so, Liz, you had a um, good night last night? Yeah, we had a trunk or treat last night at the park in the neighborhood where I where I work, and it was a really good time. It was some surprising things happened in a good way. Um, some of the youth kids who maybe most people would label as the bad kids, and even we can kind of be cynical towards them, yeah, sure. came out and really helped us set everything up, which was nice because... Amanda and I, my um, staff person, had just loaded everything in the trailer and got to the park and just didn't know how we were going to unload it all because we were so tired from loading it. And they all came over and helped us unload everything, which was great. And they helped us set everything up. That's awesome. We had probably 150 kids and about 50 parents or adults come out. That's great. For about two hours, trunk or treating, and we still have candy, which is cool. (laughs) We'll have pinatas all year round. (laughs) But... um, yeah, it was a great time, and just the more family-friendly events we can do over there, we're looking to do. Right. So, And it's kind of nice because it's one of those, if you build it, they will come events. Yeah. You know, you can get a little stressed. I know you were a little stressed that kids might not show up or well, yeah, people might not show up. It's always that, like, insecurity before any event, before anything you do, right. yeah. thinking, man, I put all this effort into it and made it the thing, and mm-hmm. what if nobody shows up? Yeah. But quickly that dissipated when Amanda came back from the school and she said all these kids were excited to come so oh that's awesome yeah yeah I went out and visited and um I was super excited because McGruff the crime dog I have no idea that is oh my goodness so McGruff is a crime fighting dog for the city I mean it's like a national symbol I think yeah I had taken my own dog to trunk or treat I was gonna do a trunk but work has been a little crazy this week so I brought a big bowl of candy and my dog dressed as a taco <laughs> and so I have a really cute picture of my dog and McGruff the crime dog touching noses Aww. so I was pretty excited Liz mm. you didn't dress up I had a shirt on I said happy Halloween that's true it was a Disneyland shirt 
I dressed it up. It was a black t-shirt with Happy Halloween written on it. <laughs> with which pumpkins. Is, I'm wearing a black shirt today. This is just what I wear. Yeah. I mean, it was just a more festive black shirt. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was a cat, which means I sat in my car for five minutes and put eyeliner on my face and made myself into a cat. But I'm a cat every year because cats are the scariest <laughs> thing I can think of. That's true. Yeah. Hmm. And how sitting still out in the country. Of and there's all <laughs> They have feral cats that they feed. And I have to feed them every, and they hiss at me, and they, they come feed, up. Feed and, them on purpose? Yeah, because it's out in the country, and it keeps the mice and, and okay. the mice They're population like barn cats. Yeah, and there's this one who I swear, like, is trying to kill me. <laughs> she jumped out of the bushes on my back. <laughs> what? Last night. Did she scratch you? <laughs> yes. Well, no. She, like, just, she, like, hopped on my back that's and how you then get hopped rabies. off. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I didn't, got rabies I didn't, on Halloween. On Halloween. No, no. That would be so <laughs> on brand for you. <laughs> Liz no. gets a lot of diseases. I do, actually. Yeah. She lived in Mexico. You had, a, what What was the thing? She has something that when turtles it's, get it, their some, claws fall off. What? It's some weird bacteria that we, a bunch of us got. We don't even know where we got it. But if. <laughs> in Mexico on when she was a missionary. Um, but if turtles were to get this bacteria or whatever, their claws would fall off. Okay. And it was in my stomach. <laughs> Seriously, going to Liz's house. My did not fall off. <laughs> I'm a germaphobe quite badly. Like, yeah. Like, pretty badly. And there are just times where I leave Liz's house and I just feel like I need to bathe in a tub of Purell. <laughs> My house is clean. It's not that it's not clean. It's that I'm afraid that you're contagious. <laughs> Whatever. Oh. <laughs> Whatever. But we don't... We, like, high five. Like, yeah. That's the, yeah. Liz isn't touchy-feely. On, no. At all. Not at all. There's, well, I've also had scabies twice. <laughs> And so, why are we talking about this today? I don't know. Where did this come from? Scabies is a skin condition. It's actually little bugs that get on you and they dig into your skin and they form these. They burrow. Yeah, into your skin. No, but they're inside your skin. And so, to get them off, you have to put this like lotion on for eight hours and then rinse it off and then wash everything you own, like steam clean it. And you've had it twice? Yes, because I did not steam clean my car seats. (laughs) Because. it's like the last thing on my mind, and I got him again, and I that was that was rough. Again, this wow. is why I worry about going to Liz's house. I'm I so don't afraid. have scabies now. That was I years know. ago. So you don't normally dress up for Halloween? No, not at all. Did you dress up as a kid? No, because we didn't believe in ha- in Halloween. Nice. <laughs> um, I feel like such a heathen at this table. You are. No. No, we did not. On like the rare occasion we went to my church's fall festival. Mm-hmm. But trick-or-treating was a no. Even now, my parents... Turn the light off? Turn the light off. But they've been coming out whenever we've done anything at the yeah, park. Yeah, they were there last night. They've been coming out and helping with that. So that's really cool to that's see them well. a little bit break out of their, cool. their yeah. shell a little bit. So that's been cool. Do you have um, any dress-up stories? What's what's your... <laughs> I do have one. Oh, what's your most embarrassing well, costume? It has to be the most embarrassing. I think it's the only time I've ever dressed up. when i was in high school they needed help at our church's fall festival um so some friends and i decided you know we're gonna wear matching outfits which i have this this i this hatred about matching people yeah (laughs) um and who picked it out you or them they did nice oh and so it was even no no costume autonomy just complete i know slavery to this costume (laughs) and so we this was back in like Early 2000s, like, yeah, 2003, 2004. Okay. And we had decided we were going to be <laughs> the, f- <laughs> the Foster Farms chickens from the commercials. Nice. Oh, yeah. like, like the freezer burned. Yes. Yeah. And we got really cheap shirts and we <laughs> dunked them in glue <laughs> because, <laughs> as we said before, crafting is not a thing that yeah, we do. Yeah, <laughs> crafting is not Not a many of my friends point. are crafters. I think I can think of one. I mean, I feel like but, making a chicken costume. But it gets better. Mm, and so we dunked be. it in glue. We opened a feather pillow and just like st- stuffed Whoa. the shirt in this pillow and let it dry. And so Who the, had a feather pillow? I don't know. I don't remember where we found it. It's a good chance we just found it on the side of the road for reals. Like that's how, and that's how we got scabies. <laughs> and uh, See, we, it all makes sense it now, does. doesn't it? I'm worried. Yeah, right. Seen far apart, um, <laughs> arm's length, and so we found this pillow. We glued feathers to us. Then we saran wrapped ourselves, hoping that the feathers would then stay 
on the shirts. Mm. Um, what? So, okay, so the shirt is on you and it's glue. <laughs> yeah. And the so feathers and then the saran, saran wrap. wrap. So we could still move our arms. Like we didn't saran wrap our arms to our sides, but it was just so that the feathers would stay on. And we went because to the, the glue just didn't do a good enough job. <laughs> no. Elmer's glue, believe it or not. <laughs> was it still sticky? It was just kind of slimy. <laughs> is that this story no, has I know no, re- she doesn't, there's um, no redeeming content in uh, this wow. story. So <laughs> we went to church and we're leading these games and the feathers are just like falling off of us <laughs> left and right. And my youth pastor, Brian, at the time, he was he was so mad. I think he kicked <laughs> us out and was like, I don't need your help here anymore. Because you were shedding? <laughs> yes. That's great. Or molting? I guess if it's, it's a, if it's a bird. Multi. How can we always talk about birds on this podcast? <laughs> it would be a theme. <laughs> I don't know. It's and so we got kicked out because wow. our feathers were just everywhere. And it took them forever to clean up. And now there's like an unwritten rule that you cannot wear anything with feathers on at our church's fall festival. There oh, we go. Oh, you created a rule? Yes. That's the best. I think <laughs> there are more than one Like there has been more than one rule made. Because of Liz. <laughs> probably. Yeah, I feel like that's probably it. Like thing. I said, my friends and I didn't do bad things. I mean, genuinely, we wanted to help at the Fall Festival. <laughs> we just didn't always think everything through. Sure. But yeah. you're like 17 at this moment. You should know better. Were you like, this is a bad I was maybe idea. 16, so I don't know if that makes it any better. Okay. I don't but know. Wow. There it is. Now, Johnny, have mm-hmm. you dressed up? I don't think I have. Though, since we talked about it before... I think Ooh. there was a time in which I dressed up as an old person with Danielle. Oh, okay. But she did everything. So I you didn't grow up trick-or-treating? No. Or any of it? No. I mean, is that part of the faith tradition, or is that like a family thing? Yeah, so it was a big, like, it was a big deal to... Um, not participate. To not participate, mm-hmm. and the... the uh, overtones the dark overtones and oh, right. like kind of the fear factor of demonic yeah um, was yeah. always brought up um it's really demonic to eat um peanut m&ms for <laughs> sure <laughs> whenever i eat peanut m&ms i think of the devil for sure so it makes sense it makes sense but we had the wonderful tradition of watching old horrendous movies all night on halloween and it was the only time my dad ever watched like movies with us like horror movies um, if you call Creature from the Black Lagoon, oh, horror, that's, I remember that. That's scary. It's been a mm. while since I've seen that. Or no, what was it? That wasn't the one I'm thinking. I'm thinking of the Blob. The Blob. Oh, do you remember that? The Blob is. <laughs> okay. It's the first present I ever bought my mom. Stop. It's wow. a great movie. Wow, I remember being terrified of that. Of the Blob. Yeah, but weren't they on a boat or something? The Blob no. was like there was something. They were on a, a dock. So Creature from the Black Lagoon is there on a boat. Uh, the Blob is just confused. a black blob. The creature from the black moon okay. is a creature. I didn't really grow up watching movies <laughs> at all. That was very descriptive there. Mm. Wow. And so there are oh, you still don't watch I... movies that no, like at not all. Really. No, That's I fall sad. asleep. The uh, last movie I saw in the theater was Hidden Figures. So it's been a while. It's been a few years. Yeah, I'm not a movie watcher. I just fall asleep. I only go to the movies when I take the kids on a field trip. Right. <laughs> because otherwise I forget that it's there. I forget that the movie the theater's movie, there. The movies are there. <laughs> I did go see the Downton Abbey movie recently. Right. But it's because my mom bought a ticket because she really wanted to go. So Whatever. I was over at your house for dinner and you were super excited. I was very excited, but the only reason I remembered to go was okay, because my okay. mom bought the ticket. That makes more sense. Oh. There's a lot of movies yeah. that I'm really excited to see, but I just never yeah. get there. Interesting. It does drive me mad that the movie theater revitalizes downtown, and it's like, when do I ever want to go to the movie theater? It's like hardly ever, Mm. but somehow everybody else does, and so it has a huge impact, right? The next movie I'm going to see is for sure the Mr. Rogers movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tom Hanks. Yeah. Tom Hanks is Mr. Rogers. Isn't that interesting? It's cool. Yeah. Did you ever watch Mr. Rogers growing up? I did. Okay. I didn't know there was going to be a movie. Oh, yeah. It's called- That's exciting. A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood? Yeah. I think so. Huh. And Tom Hanks is going to play Mr. Rogers. I'm a huge Mr. Rogers fan, so yeah. I'm really excited. I think it's going to be super good. I can't think of a better Honestly. actor to play Mr. Rogers. No, and if you look at like if you watch the trailer, he's mm-hmm. really good. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. So Liz, um, I had a really interesting phone call. Great. This week. Um, <laughs> so glad you get interesting phone Sunday, calls. Sunday. Normally on Sundays, Liz and I go to lunch, um, but we did not because Liz had a little prayer event. Yeah, a little prayer walk with my church. Yeah. And a couple other people who joined us, too. Yeah. And so um, I helped a little bit with it, and then I went home and took a nap instead. I try to take a nap every Sunday because 
That's you what you are do. In ministry, Sundays are exhausting. Do you take a nap after? I'm not much of a church? napper. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> I'm sort of falling asleep. And I get this call from my friend Laura, and when friends call, I try to pick it up, you know, just in case. And so I was half asleep, and she just says, is Liz a Christian square? Or no, she says, is Liz a square? <laughs> and, I, and I said... As opposed to what? <laughs> yeah, I, I was, what, do you, what do you mean? And she goes, is she a Christian square, a religious square? And I said, Laura, I don't know what you're talking about. So a little background <laughs> is that <laughs> Laura is actually dating um, a guy who Liz grew up with or in church he's my brother's age and so he was you know we were in youth group for a few years together but he's older than I am I mean he was just he was at church I knew who he was right Laura's dating this guy Laura is dating this guy oh this makes the story better oh sorry sorry so Laura's dating (laughs) so Laura's dating this guy his name is Derek um and she said that she had asked Derek why he never tried to date you. Now, that's a weird question. Like, <laughs> right. now now that question is just, right. like, this is strange. Right. Exactly. So, I asked the same question. Like, why is this question even coming up? Right. You like, are pretty awesome, though. Like, there I has mean, to be this, like, okay. Right. Like, why wouldn't you date Liz? But anyway. St- okay. I'm confused. Which is weird, because I don't think I would ask Matt, hey, why didn't you date that girl? I don't know. Who knows? Is that a thing? <laughs> I don't know. Continue. So, anyway, um... I said, well, no, like, like, I mean, she's, she's cool. And, and Laura goes, oh yeah, I asked Derek why. And he said, oh, because she's super religious. Like if I ever said a curse word in front of her, she she probably would have fainted. And I said, um, well, I for sure said curse words in front of Liz and she hasn't fainted. And I did also mention that you have a sign in your apartment that says, I love Jesus, but I cuss a little. Hillary bought that for me. Whatever. <laughs> Liz bought t- it for herself on Etsy, for sure. I think it's from Hobby Lobby, technically. Oh, Hobby Lobby had something with the word I think curse in it? I think so. It's like a loot. Hillary, you're like going to have to tell us. Where did you buy that Alluding sign? to a curse word? Maybe it was Target. Probably Target. <laughs> I don't know. Although, Jesus at Target? This is confusing. Things. I don't know. If anyway. That's a thing. Anyway. And so I didn't realize that Derek was with her. And was basically <laughs> like. I just what? And Derek goes. Or, or Laura said that Derek said. Oh, well, if I had known that, that I would have tried to date her. <laughs> I just died. And that was the extent of the phone call. Like, Laura said, okay, blah, blah, blah. I just wanted to know. Talk to you later. Bye. And I was like, this is the weirdest thing that's ever So you texted to me, happened. and I'm reading it out loud to my sister-in-law, who is dying on the couch. Wow. She is just, she has maybe fallen off the couch at this point. It's like, this is the greatest thing. So, Liz, why didn't you ever try to, to date Derek? I don't know. I'm just kidding. What's really <laughs> what, what kind of question is that? I don't know. I mean, honestly, I haven't probably seen him in 15 years. That's another oh. strange part of this story. Yeah. The whole like, thing easily it's been weird. that long. Again, but if you knew my friend Laura, it all makes sense. Like, it all makes sense. <laughs> it's also weird that he had a reason. Like, you right. don't have a reason. Right. It's like, oh, no, it just didn't, you know. Right. Yeah, whatever. But Is that he a has a reason. Thing? I have no I, idea. But you guys, know. like, well, see, you got married young, too, and I feel like I got married pretty young. Like, are guys always... Like shopping around, like looking. I don't know. Don't ask me. I don't know. I don't know. I married the first guy I ever dated. So, so what do I? It's true. Did Same. You, yeah. yeah. You married the first guy you ever dated too. Mm-hmm. That's good. Mm-hmm. Keeps it simple. Who. I love Danielle. She's my favorite. <laughs> Let's right. talk about why in the world the first go to is cussing. And, okay, this <laughs> upset me a lot. So I've listened to Jesus is Lord, Jesus is King several times. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love it. I love it. But then I started going down a rabbit trail of listening to interviews with Kanye. Mm, And he keeps like cussing and then saying like something about a Christian scorecard. And it upsets me. It legitimately upsets me that like cussing is somehow antithetical to to Christianity and transformation. It just does not make sense. Well, it's hard because it's another one of those cultural Christian things that have become, you know, it's, it's inappropriate to curse. Right. Um, So I I think that, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes this is totally off topic, but (laughs) sometimes I feel like, like I didn't grow up in the church. I I mean, I became a Christian when I was 11. So I sort of grew up in the church, but my parents weren't Christians. My parents cussed and didn't care if we did. Mm -hmm. Um, Even when I was little, you guys might not, you guys definitely don't know, but there was a comedian named Andrew Dice Clay. 
And he was like a raunchy <laughs> comedian. And he would tell these like dirty jokes about, or like uh, nursery rhymes. Like he rewrote nursery rhymes Ooh. to be like dirty. That sounds awful. That's yeah. terrible. That's... But I didn't know, you know, as a kid. And so even in first grade, like I told my <laughs> teacher Whoa. this like naughty nursery rhyme with a bad word in it because it was just so normal in our house. Mm. And so I didn't have that same stigma around bad words. Um, yeah. I didn't say them. Like I was, I was a super good kid. And so I didn't like routinely say them because you say them in front of certain company yeah. Yeah. and they have a problem with it. Right. Um, but yeah, it's interesting that like this word is so banned, but you can use a substitution for that word and it's yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Like in my family, uh, my parents weren't big cussers. I mean, right. my mom is a school teacher, so right. she didn't want to get in that habit when she was at home. And so it, it wasn't necessarily a stigma of you can't do this, but really mm-hmm. it's culturally it's not something you want it, you really want to do. And it's right. not something they wanted us, us to – or they didn't want to pass down to my brother right. and I. But that doesn't make us perfect people. And, right. you know, I, I hate to say this, but I work with kids and I work – Around yeah. a lot of people, and sometimes in a moment it comes out, and I kind of go, "Shoot, I shouldn't have said that." Yeah, you know? yeah. But, but I realize that after I say, it, like, "Oh, I said that out of frustration or whatever," yeah. and I don't say it in front of the kids I work with ever. Right, right. But I think the worst word I've said in front of them was "crap," and they went, oh, "You said a swear." And I <laughs> looked at them and went, "Whatever." You say way worse words all the time to <laughs> me to, to my face. Was, <laughs> that's normally what a kid says to their parents. Yeah. Whatever. You say way worse words. <laughs> yeah, like you say it to like, your old Johnny with, at the park. Right. right. You say way worse things than I say. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. But there is oh. a bit of like, and not that everyone does this, but like in Christianity, like this behavior control, you know, like, like I think yeah. sometimes parents, you know, will say, well, Jesus doesn't, you know, they attribute something to, to Christianity that, mm-hmm. you know, we're not supposed to use bad language or whatever, but yeah. I don't know. Again, what's the difference between the bad language and the substitution for the right. bad? Yeah. In my mind, word. we like controlling the tongue is incredibly important, mm-hmm. but there are emotion. We, language has emotional words for a reason. Right. And to be able to know the appropriate time to utilize that. Right. It makes a lot right. of sense to me. Yeah. But I was driving some kids, um, from Point Loma in San Diego home and it was like Memorial Day weekend. We had gone to a conference and I'm going downhill <laughs> on the grapevine and the car in front of me just slams on their brakes and I slam on my brakes and I, I'm not a huge cursor. I say it once in a while, but I totally dropped an S-bomb in front of two of my kids. <laughs> S-bomb? An S-bomb. <laughs> and I turned around and looked at them and I said, do not tell your parents. <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> and they were probably just laughing. Like... They were dying because, well, one, like one went to Christian school and she's like, oh, Christian school is not any better than public school. And the yeah. other one went to public school and they were like, you're fine. Like, <laughs> they were more just shocked to hear it from me. Right. Yeah. You know? I think that's what, like at the park, like if I, if I say crap or something, it's because they know in that moment I was caught off guard. Right. I was, I was not in control and I said it. Huh. Right. And so that's more what their reaction to is not necessarily the word that I said, sure. but the fact that yeah. Liz, you know, yeah. was off her game today a little bit. Yeah. And, I know. It is weird. It is. Um, when you hear someone curse who normally doesn't, it's, I don't know. It's really it's odd. Cute. Yeah. It's kind of cute. Yeah, depending on the person that you go, oh my goodness. Or you just think that person must yeah. be really upset. <laughs> Something they normally don't use but that language. I think there's a bigger issue in terms of the, like, cursing as a boundary marker. Because mm. as we get into Sabbath, the Sabbath as a boundary marker for Jews, Sabbath and circumcision mm. during the time of um, when the church is first coming out. Right. Like, this is what Paul argues against vigorously like there can't be any boundary markers and we've just erected another one and a really stupid one too right yeah and so this is a thing like erecting a boundary marker for any reason like is just not okay like something Mm -hmm. that we can say you're in or you're out other than faith yeah like here's a line and if you cross this then that's it Mm -hmm. yeah it's very strange yeah or somehow your you know your christian scorecard is taken down it's like what Yeah. yeah yeah Interesting. Jonathan, tell us a little bit about your church and background and kind of what you believe. We're, we're going to talk about Sabbath today, mm-hmm. and I know that that's something that's like written into your church doctrine mm-hmm. in a way that um, is not. So tell us about your church, like your denomination, kind of what you believe um, surrounding rest and Sabbath. Yeah, yeah. So the um, back in, and I was thinking about why maybe historically this this came out. The um, Back in the 1850s, uh, there was a movement towards uh, uh, holding the seventh, 
congregating on the seventh day and not congregating on was Sunday. Was this just part of your denomination? No. So what happened, it was the Millerites. It was a Millerite movement, and it was intimately tied together with an expectation for the second advent, okay. the second mm-hmm. coming of Christ. And then when the Millerite movement faltered because Jesus didn't come back on the mm, day predicted, right. then that sprung the Seventh-day Adventists who oh, okay. thought of that one way, and then they kicked Gilbert Cramner out of their church, which is technically our founder. And then the Seventh-day Baptists have some history that's And what, what's your denomination? Too. Church of God, Seventh-day. Okay, and so it's like an offshoot sort of because there were some, some doctrinal issues? No, one of the preachers liked to chew tobacco while he <laughs> was preaching, and the whites didn't like that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so that was like the entire split of the denomination? Not from... the entire split, okay. but that's, <laughs> like... the, that's the story I like to tell. <laughs> I like that story. And it was really early on. It was when the whites, I think, only had one church. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I can't stop laughing at the whites in the church. <laughs> 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 it just sounds real racist. <laughs> it's a little clanny, don't you think? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> the whites at their church. And then, so then it was kind of like in our, um, so seventh day as a day to uh, congregate was in our doctrine. Sure. And then as a, I don't know technically at that time what other issues it was tied into, how big the idea was of rest, how mm. much it was it had to do with, the Ten Commandments, how much, sure. like, I have n- mm-hmm. no idea yeah. what it was all about then. Because um, if you're going to call someone, like, like they call your church, like, Sabbatarians, right? Yeah. Um, so so to have something be so direct, like, this is your this is your identity, yeah. Sabbatarians, it, it means Sabbath for some reason has become a bigger deal. Not just as a distinction from other yeah. religions, but, but as something that you really hold um, yeah. in high esteem as part of your doctrine. For sure. For sure. And the, like, there's a lot of issues in my mind with, like, I have no idea why it became an identity issue and not like, oh, yeah, we can uh, celebrate Sabbath on our own, but right. we have to split. Like, that's, that's a huge thing that I'm just like, we shouldn't have. Like, we, sure. the unity of the body of Christ is huge, mm-hmm. um, but people make mistakes, and right. now we're stuck <laughs> and so it's like, well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Yeah. But then after that, then the history goes into, there. It, everything was pretty much orthodox besides Adventism and then, or besides the second Advent and Sabbath. And then as you are separate from the larger body of Christ and you just kind of circulate your own yeah. ideas, things spiral out of control. Sure, it becomes like an echo chamber of yeah. doctrine. Mm. And so in the 1920s, that echo chamber kind of self-imploded. The whoever got elected became uh, more of a cult leader, not more of a cult leader, a cult leader. Okay. Mm-hmm. And our doctrine got insanely kind of twisted. Kind of gruesome legs and uh, yeah, ran. and there were a lot of splits. Yeah. And then yeah. back in the '60s, there was coming together. And now I think like there's a general a retrying to understand our historic roots inside of an orthodox mm. framework. Um, that's a lot of, yeah. of just like, yeah, identity is like like trying to like re figure out like what your identity is. Yeah, um, but not just that. I mean, as a person who's grown up in that belief, but as a as a church leader, like how do you for sure walk people through? So so before we even get into that, will you explain sort of like what your church believes about Sabbath? Like what is permitted, what is not permitted, and, yeah. and I mean like in its most literal form of I know that there are different translations or different um practices within that like some people Mm -hmm. are a little more stringent about those things and Mm -hmm. some are maybe a little more lax but but what ideally um do you feel like the the church believes about sabbath or what you should or shouldn't do yeah yeah um so I think the uh perhaps the biggest thing is a sense of movement in terms of um, that it comes from this place of control, okay. like this kind of cultish place of here's what you can do, here's what you can't do, mm-hmm. and recognizing that that has no spirit of the Sabbath inside of it. So right. um, now, like kind of coming out of that, there were back in the 90s and early 2000s, we were very clear about that Sabbath 
is more about the keeping of something holy okay. in a way that God um, has impressed upon the individual. Sure. Not even upon kind of like the whole church community. Okay. Um, and so finding finding how to honor that um, without any subjective or, you know, imposed rules, but just kind of right. like honor that. Um, because anything like that um, has the potential for sure of being um, or becoming something very legalistic. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had friends, actually, um, in high school who were part of Church of God Seventh Day. Did you know this? I, think I we, can't remember. I thought maybe we had this conversation, but, um, you know, totally different than what I was in. I was in a Baptist church where, you know, on Sundays you still can go do things. But okay, they yeah. were very, like, like you can, like, we don't shop, we <clears throat> don't work, we don't yeah. um, go out. Like, there mm-hmm. was no, none of that. And not really ever explained to me very well other than in a way that was almost shaming like if I was like, oh, I'm gonna blah blah yeah. blah, they were like, oh, it's the Sabbath, and I'm like, yeah, I had friends like that too, and they would just be like, well, you just don't do it. Yeah, I'm like, well, that's not an explanation. Yeah, I mean, it's I great need- if that works for yeah. you, but the, I, I just need to understand a little bit more right. why you don't do these things and what it really means. And really, the answer yeah. was just, well, that's what we believe. Right. And in okay. conversations with you in the past, um, I've learned a little bit more. I mean, obviously, like if you are shopping or eating out on the yeah. Sabbath. And you believe that that day is set apart specifically, like specifically that day um, mm-hmm. to be holy, then you're not allowing other people to Sabbath. Um, so it's almost yeah. like consumeristic, like consumerism drives um, or is the engine behind people not being able to take Sabbath. Yeah. So I think that's that's a big part of, I mean, there's a couple of things that have been said, but the um, a big thing, at least personally for myself, mm-hmm. is that if I believe all people should rest. Right. Like it's not even, I don't think it even has to be tied to the day that much. Okay. But if I believe that all people should rest, if this is how God created us in these mm-hmm. rhythms, that I should allow for people to uh, distance themselves from consumerism and materialism. Right. So even like Sunday morning, like when a lot of people are at church yeah. or Saturday, like all day or like, like even making sacrifices to not shop like late and like I just mm, yeah you're just I conscientious about the fact that people like need rest and and it's yeah. it's an inconsistent doctrine to believe that but not allow other people to experience it I think it is yeah sure yeah so certain people wouldn't even hold I don't think to to that way of of looking at it and that's some of the problem as well mm-hmm. is there's like some people view it as like it's a very Christian thing, and I would view it as no, it's a more human way God has designed us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but then the other thing with that too is back in the '90s. So when you guys were were growing up and interacting with with other people, um, the the pastorate had decided not to set bounds, mm. but they were coming from a place that really had wanted everything delineated. Sure, and so then the church culture is at this place where they're kind of not left with direction and um, yeah. and it just has this bad feel of like right. we're doing these things that we have no idea why. Yeah, I mean, looking back at my years of ministry and my years even in the church, I don't know that I have one good example of any leader of any of anywhere I've been, any good example of somebody taking a Sabbath. Yeah, oh. right. I mean, I've been in church for 30 years and right. have can't think of one person on any staff of anywhere I've either worked or been mm-hmm. where they have successfully displayed what Sabbath looks like. Mm. Right. I think in a lot of our culture too, and maybe you'll touch on this is Sabbathing, taking a rest day is almost seen as being lazy. Totally. Oh, you didn't do yeah. anything. Mm. Oh, and it's, it's thought of as you didn't do anything today. Yeah. That yeah. was your Sabbath where that's not really the intention behind it at sure. all. Well, and part of that is how much value we put into our own production. Right. Um, yeah. You know, for, for me, a day that I'm not doing something feels wasted, which is so bizarre because if you asked me apart from this idea of work, I would say, everyone needs to rest. Of course, everyone needs to right. rest. And that in rest, theory, we all know that everyone needs yeah. to rest. Totally. And, and if I, like, if you said, oh, I took the day off to hang out with my wife, I would be like, 
oh, that's awesome. I'm so glad you had that. But for me to take a day off, yeah. it mm. feels like, oh no, one, I'm going to fall behind. Yeah. You know, I have so much to do. Like this week, even in particular, has been interesting. Yeah. Um, I took Monday as a Sabbath, so I didn't work. Okay. Um, and I've been trying to be really consistent um, doing that. But now I have to work tomorrow <laughs> because I'm so far <laughs> behind. And I trust that God's going to, you know, uh, like I trust that, that God has got it for everything. Um, it's just been an interesting, like, week at work. Some people were out. Um, we've had some sickness um, in one of our volunteer teams that, that has needed to be taken care of or whatever. And so I'm, like, working, 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 working. Mm. And even at the end of the day, when you should go home and yeah. rest, yeah. you know, that's not proper Sabbath, right. but I am having trouble because I'm just afraid that I'm not going to keep up. And so my, my value, like who I am as a person, my value to the church, my value to my husband, whatever is so driven by this, this engine of do. Yeah. Even, um, earlier this year, I was going to write an email to my pastor about a couple of things. Um, and I hemmed and hawed all day about writing this email. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I remember I this. finally did. And I sent it to him probably about eight o'clock in the evening on purpose thinking he'll get to it in the morning. Right. It's not, it's not, it's nothing urgent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he called me within 15 minutes and I honestly felt bad then. Yeah. Having sent the email so late. Right. Because I felt like, oh man, I took away, you know, his time at home, mm-hmm. his time where he's not on the clock. And, yeah. and again, it wasn't anything well, urgent, well, but just because you didn't expect the, the timely response doesn't mean other people don't. So I also right. think there's this this idea. Um, mm. just and I would have been fine had he waited two days to respond to me. Yeah. I wouldn't or have. You wouldn't I, have overthought he, it at all. I'm just <laughs> I probably would have been thinking about it, but it wouldn't have bothered me knowing that he has a lot of things on his plate. Right. This was I probably sent it what in April, so Easter yeah. was right there. So I people don't have to get back to me right yeah. away. I get it. But we almost train people to be that way. Like if I get back mm. to somebody right away then and I always get back to them right away and then the one time I don't like are they right. going to be upset and so actually a friend texted me a few days ago and asked me for help with something and I've just been so slammed this week and so I didn't get right back to her and she wrote me and she goes are you mad <laughs> no I'm not mad I just mm. you know haven't gotten yeah. back to you right away so I think some of it just plays into this like this culture if we don't want people to misunderstand us or whatever and so we end up working and working and working and not ever being able to take time off for for a multitude of reasons you know there's there's a social issue of like not getting back to somebody right away and then maybe they're mad at you or you know you have to hit this deadline I'm a writer so sometimes like I have deadlines and I have to meet them and so whatever I have to do whatever I have to sacrifice in order to meet that deadline I'll do it and there's expectation yeah just Mm -hmm. just there's so many facets and so it's so interesting that we talk about Sabbath as this sort of removed thing like this once a week thing but every single part of our day, you know, or, or, yeah. or our week, we're tempted to work. You know, yeah. there's, there's this constant, like, yeah, like start the engine, start the engine, mm-hmm. like, like mm-hmm. keep producing, keep responding. How do you, so, so can you tell us what like a Sabbath looks like for you? Now you're a pastor, so you oh. work. I mean, you preach. Yeah. On the Sabbath. Yeah. I, um, I, they, they don't really look any really standard okay um way each time i uh, that's that's some i don't really have a great ritual okay. around sabbath um there are certain principles that that drive that but it's nothing like what? like mm-hmm. like what's an example of that um so i afterwards i after church um i normally will not think about uh the work to come, okay. But instead, think about kind of what transpired in and a allow- disciplined way. Like you purposefully, like, like do you have you trained yourself to not think about work, or do you have to like the thought enters your mind about work, and you're you're purposeful yeah. and disciplined about nope, like this is not the time for that. Um, I mean, most of the time it just doesn't pop up. I think there's there are when things are going poorly. Sure. That's when it has to become really disciplined mm-hmm. in terms of, oh, you know, this this grind is going to happen. Yeah. You know, we just start back over. and, um, But most of the time, I don't think it's like that. Most of the time, it's looking back on kind of what God did in service. Sure, Kind yeah. of what transpired and what has happened in the last week. 
and celebrating that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wouldn't think of like a, like celebrating what God's done as like a restful. But well, again, because our idea of Sabbath is you do nothing. Right. You see nobody. Yeah. Right. You stay in bed all day in your pajamas. So right. the idea of disciplining mm. yourself to like celebrate like a those things, rest. it feels opposite to what. <laughs> yeah. What we've been almost trained to see. So Absolutely. It, yeah. Mm. So that's interesting. Like even the idea, because yeah, in my in my brain, I go, well, resting means like not thinking about anything. <laughs> Which is probably yeah. why. Because yeah. again, when you haven't had the example of that, like I have never, same with Liz, like, like or same as Liz, I, I mean, all of the leaders that I deeply respect and pastors that I deeply respect are very hard workers to maybe their own demise. Yeah, um, to a fault. Yeah, to a fault, um, which is hard, you know? It, yeah. Yeah, because I respect yeah. people that work hard and, you know, we talk a lot about work ethic, mm-hmm. but what about the ethic of rest. Sabbath yeah. ethic. Yeah. No, I mean, it's a thing. So, so, um, I was writing this article. We actually went to lunch not too long ago to mm-hmm. sort of talk about this. Um, even though it's interesting, it's going in sort of a different direction this time, but I was writing an article that, um, I've not done anything with yet. <laughs> I'm talking about rest ethic, ethics. Yeah. Like, you know, we're, as Christians, we're supposed to be known as the best workers. We're supposed to work for our earthly masters. Okay. Like we're working for yeah, God. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But, but what about resting and not just resting like watching tv all day yeah you know like like are we known as people who whose identity is so grounded and rooted in jesus and what value we have Mm -hmm. in the upside down kingdom Mm -hmm. that we don't care about our productivity for a day like like that Mm. that our value isn't so tied to it that we're not so rooted in what we do that that becomes the constant engine, you know, like, can I just be okay with being who I am at my most quiet, at my most restful state, knowing that God loves me apart from what I produce or what I do or what phone calls I return this day or what that person might think of me if I don't return their text right now or, Mm -hmm. and that's such a struggle for me. Mm. And you're talking about just the uh, self-identity questions, yeah. right? And that, like, takes a trust in God's love apart right. from me. But then there's also the, you mentioned it earlier, the trust in God, like, he will move things mm-hmm, and right. make, uh, to make it so, like, he will take care of the world while I'm not. Right, um, yeah. So there's those two aspects of, that I, I think are addressed differently, and it's just really interesting that, like, yeah. they're both right there. Yeah. Well, they're yeah. so, again, it's, it's all about, and now I struggle in general with self-worth. I think mm. that's definitely part of it. Um, okay. My husband does not struggle that way and he can rest like mm. Matt can. And sometimes for him, it is watching movies all day. Sometimes it's reading a book, but when he has a day off, there's no part of him that wants to answer work emails or work texts or talk about work. He can rest so well. And it's almost sometimes been a point of contention because in my mind, like you're home, like now you're mine, you're mine today and we need to get this stuff done. And he's like, I shouldn't break, you know, like mm. I just need huh. to rest. He's so good at it. And yeah, it, it, it's almost like, well, he's not being lazy. Like he's worked really hard all week. Yeah. But in my mind, it's, I sometimes have to fight it. Like, mm. you know, because his value is just not tied to his work as much as mine is to mine. And his self-worth is not low. Like I've sort of always been like, str- like I've always yeah. struggled with. So yeah. it's just yeah. funny to like see that or, or feel that. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you think certain occupations are better at like resting in terms of I like, think so yeah, okay. I do. Um, I think as people in ministry, like we kind of alluded to earlier, we are almost expected to, we're doing the Lord's work and right. you should always be working as my father's always working. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and so, uh, it's almost that expectation that I'm going to answer my emails on, on my weekend or, yeah. mm. Where, like, Matthew, I did it. Oh, whoa. He's our sponsor. Sponsor Matthew. Um, he sells cars. Yeah. But not saying that's not a stressful job at all. Yeah, it's super stressful. But you probably just, you just don't want, you know, when I have a day away from that, yeah. then I don't, I don't want that to enter into my life at all. He doesn't feel any sort of, like, guilt or responsibility, um, like I would. And so, like, if someone needed something at church, I feel like, yeah, it's like the the, the Lord's work, which makes me <laughs> sound so arrogant almost. Like, oh, I'm so important. I've got to do the Lord's work today. Yeah. Like someone's job. 
who isn't in a ministry situation isn't. But like Liz said, like there's for sure more expectation. Um, even though I'm very open about, hey, Mondays, like I take the day off. Yeah. I get you check your emails. You answer your texts. I don't answer my texts normally, um, but it's frustrating to people. Um, but how would Matthew's job <laughs> enter job. into, you know, his off days? Um, oh, for sure. I mean, you have like customers that have come. Um, oh, so over it, the it does try to intrude. Oh, it totally does. That's yeah. intriguing. Okay, yeah. I would have thought that it just didn't. Oh no, there was like, like more of a boundary. like our joke is that Matt can sell cars on his day off. Okay, because. <laughs> Like, if he's been working with someone and they, like, so the the car business is interesting. If you've worked with somebody first, they are your customer, but you're not always at work or you could be with other customers. So if another person sells them the car, you get like a half deal. So you split the deal with another person. Mm -hmm. And so technically Matt sells cars on his day off, but you can imagine he gets phone calls and texts and like at night, Matt puts his phone on silent. Yeah. Like after nine, like after nine 30 or something like Matt's phone is on do not disturb. He doesn't get work calls. He doesn't. And I get stressed about it. (laughs) I don't know why, but I'm like, well, you're not going to answer that. It's your job. (laughs) You know, because for me, if my job calls, I feel like I need to do it. And Matt, you don't put your phone on silent at night. No, no. I text people late at night, assuming that everybody has a do not disturb on. No, No. I never do that. I like. I did it once, and things. then it. It was there was like like a kid who was lost, like and the oh, parents right. were like calling me to see if I had <laughs> seen them, and I had my phone on do not disturb, and then they came knocking on my door and were like, "Do you have you seen our, our brother?" And I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> why haven't you? We tried to call you, Liz. Why didn't you but answer your phone?" That's I why thought, phones right. have like exceptions to do not disturb. Like if somebody calls me twice, then put it through. Oh, is that a thing? That's a thing. I didn't even know you could do that on your. I mean, phone. they showed up at my door, and then I got up and yeah. ran around and found found him. Yeah. He was playing Pokemon Go, <laughs> and he got lost. <laughs> found him. But I've he had that. his phone. <laughs> but he had his phone. But he didn't have service. It's yeah. one of those that oh, there's not real service. It's yeah, it's like a Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi phone. or something. Yeah, interesting. interesting. Oh, so not only I mean he got lost, but. He was also probably away from his Wi-Fi and couldn't even play. So that's a, sort of a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> too far away from the Wi-Fi to even play yeah. Pokemon Go. Yeah. Team Blue. Um, <laughs> Nerd. I know. I do play Pokemon. I'm a weirdo. I don't know. <laughs> Have you not ever played Pokemon? No. I don't know where this conversation is going. I played it once Whatever. for like two hours, and I thought, I don't have time for this. But my For sis- two hours. Two hours. The people who can't rest playing Pokemon Go. Oh, I just I thought, know. I can't do this. I can't keep track of this. Our church my, is a gym. So my sister-in-law was here doing trunk yeah. retreat the other night, and oh. my brother had taken my niece to get candy, and she, she was, was sitting, adorable. She was a grape. She had bl- yeah. purple balloons. She was a bunch of grapes. <laughs> it was really cute. Anyway. But Michelle was sitting next to me. We were eating dinner, and she said, I'm going to take this gym down. <laughs> did she? I have no down? idea. I bet she did. I don't know what that means. She and I are on the same like team. Like I said, so I played for fine. two hours and got one Pokemon. That is one way thought, that I I'm rest, done. is that I do like video games. Huh. It's one way to take my brain off of whatever stress. So I'll play like Mario Kart. Liz and I play Mario Kart. Liz beats me. I do. Yeah. Do you play video games? No. <gasps> Interesting. I don't. I do not. But like I, so I think they are can be restful. Yeah. But I think it says something about the person's position, in order to yeah. for that to be the. My cousin's like this, so he finds rest a lot in video games and things like this. But I think it's mostly because you're just transferring your. It's like an escape. Like yeah. that's yeah. the only way to rest is escape, <gasps> and gosh. rest should not be escape. But if that's the only way you can get it, get it. But like. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's scary. What advice do you have for somebody who wants to be more purposeful about taking a Sabbath? I know that's uh, kind of a loaded question. Or maybe what's like Whoa. a baby step that someone yeah. could take, you know? So someone like who, who doesn't normally practice Sabbath, who isn't um, a naturally good rester, like I'm not a naturally good yeah. rester, um, what what would you yeah consider like a first yeah. baby step into um, being better at that? Yeah. Put your phone on do not disturb. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I would say a big thing is you can either pursue it in terms of removing the things that normally draw, do mm-hmm. not create rest. And so you can determine not to go on your computer, not to talk on your phone. Not but to, what's like, like a realistic one? <laughs> 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 Just kidding. 
the other way to pursue the other way to pursue it was would be to find a practice. So to marry resting to mm. a certain practice. Okay. So like walking would be a really good one in terms mm. of like mm. I'm gonna go and take an eight mile walk, it's like something long, and that's gonna right. force you to like <laughs> eight miles. Not long or too long. That's, that's long. a long oh, walk. Okay. Long Do you walk eight miles a day? I don't walk very much. No. But I think marrying something to a practice yeah. will make it more achievable. Yeah. Um, but then, then the third thing would be, I think, disciplining disciplining it into a rhythm. Like, mm. uh, not just saying, not just leaving it up to yourself to get good at rest, you know, because I need it right now. Like, rest right. is something that you have to discipline, and rest is something that God gives not something that we actually can make ourselves do. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's a gift to us. Yeah. Yeah, and not like... See, because when I think of it as a discipline, then it feels heavy. Yeah. Mm. And I know that discipline is part of the faith. Yeah, when it feels like a a rule almost. Yeah. You have to rest. Then I don't want to, and then it doesn't feel restful. Yeah. It's interesting. So I just went on this trip. We got to wrap up soon. We're at like an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. I know. Who knew? Talk pass. a lot. Um, I went on this trip up to the hills. Uh, some friends have a cabin and um, I'm writing a book. And so I decided to go. And you announced it just now. I know. I'm writing a book. Um, <laughs> I haven't talked much publicly about that. Um, and so I went for the purpose of writing and I got a lot of writing done, but I rested for the first time in a yeah. really long time. Like I took walks in nature and I was by myself. Um, I've never been on a trip like that by myself. Um, You're welcome. Cause I was supposed to go and I canceled on her last <laughs> yeah, minute. Liz flaked <laughs> out sure. and I was a I'm, little sad about it. Slash a little well. angry about it. You were really mad at me. <laughs> you wouldn't, you, you wouldn't admit that, but you were, you I was, were mad. I was actually kind of mad at Liz cause we made the plan together and then she flaked out and I was so nervous about going and being there alone. Cause whether she came or not, I needed to get this done, like some stuff done. Um, but it was interesting. I slept really well. Yeah. You know, my fear was that I wouldn't be doing enough during the day and I wouldn't sleep well Hmm. or that I would be alone. And so I wouldn't sleep well. I slept well. I read books. I took walks. And when I came back, like everybody was all, Oh, there's like a noticeable difference. And it was only two nights away, but I was like, like I came into work, just re-energized. I had our senior pastor in his office telling him all the things that I was like excited about doing. And, and I just needed that reset. Yeah. yeah. And the thought that I could have that every single week was actually yeah, it's huge. a big deal. I was like, oh, why don't I do this? Like, yeah. why is this? Why do I have to get away? Why do I have to mm-hmm. be somewhere else? Why can't I figure out in my own context, in my own space, what that could feel like? And so now I'm sort of on this like kick of, of just trying to make sure that, that I'm getting that every week. And no, yeah. you can't recreate the right. going away and being in the beautiful mountains yeah, and this something different too. beautiful cabin and, you know, all of the things. But it, it made such a difference in my mood and my, um, just my overall, like, disposition. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I came back less stressed and just like, okay, you know, let's do this and this and this and this. And it was amazing. And so yeah. the fact that we can actually, like, that's available to us and we don't take it. Yeah. You know, (laughs) we actively choose not to take it. Right. Because we feel like our value isn't blah, blah, blah. But how much more valuable am I when I'm rested and when I'm in a good mood and when I don't feel the weight of working a billion days in a row or. The big passage is, is, um, that Sabbath was not made for humanity, but humanity. Right. Man. Humanity was not made for the Sabbath, but Sabbath, Sabbath was yeah. made there for humanity. There you go, humanity. Pastor. You got it. Um, <laughs> like that's like mm-hmm. I was mean, just like, why? I mean, if this is a gift, yeah. Like, what in the world are we doing? And it yeah. makes us more human, right? Yeah. Um, to do that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I cannot believe, by the way, uh, <laughs> this whatever the what's the name of this thing? <laughs> the we should be in, in the, the kitchen, kitchen podcast. podcast. Yeah, that you guys were gonna then quote it, man. You know, I chose the word humanity just so, you know, to be oh. inclusive. And here you guys are, like, going Man. KJV on me. I know. We're going true. Baptist on you. That's really Oh, sorry, Baptists. Is that rude? Anyway, we should Probably. wrap this up. It's always a good conversation. Thanks so yeah. much for coming on the show, Jonathan. Yeah, it was fun, actually. See, it wasn't it's as nerve-wracking here. as you thought it would be. No, it wasn't that fun. Would you, um, would you do this again with us? Hmm, yeah. He would. You're deciding. I actually just, would. I'm declaring that he will do Only this. Only if I get him. There was a little controversy um, at the beginning because I... I chose 
Jonathan's coffee without asking him what he loved. I mean, I asked <laughs> and I called. And so I brought him a, a Vinte Americano with heavy cream. One, because that's what I got for Glenn this morning. Two, because I was yeah. talking to another friend <laughs> who also gets that. And I was like, oh, that seems like a... And they're both pastors. So I was like, mm, that seems Whoa, like a pastor. I'm just drink. like a normal pastor. Like, I, I just Welcome always thought I was unique. I know. Wow, but, you're in the club but now. Next time, <laughs> next time, I'll have to go get you some like hipster black coffee and mm. ask how they brew it. There we go. Um, yeah, it's been great. <laughs> so it's anyway, fair market trade. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the We Should Be in the Kitchen podcast. Yep. Have a great day. See you later. Bye. Bye.